brought to you by the Every Dollar app. Start budgeting for free today. Peter is with us in Miami, Florida. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. How can we help? So uh, I'm wondering what role you think I should play in helping my financially irresponsible mother. You know, one of the things that it's weird about that question uh, for a lot of us is when we face that is it seems like money is in a different category than other misbehavior. Mm -hmm. If you changed out her misbehavior for something else, a different kind of misbehavior or irresponsibility, um, what would the, how would the answer change? It, It shouldn't really, should it? It ought to be the same answer. So in other words, it, if we wanted to go extreme and say, how do I help my mom who's addicted to cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't be give her more. Right. It would be help her break the habit and transform her life. That's help. Help is not doing more of the bad thing. Help is correcting the behaviors. So, And, of course, the person that involves the person on the other end wanting the help. Yeah, that's, I usually run into yeah. parents don't want your help. They want your solution, right? Yeah, I would, she, she, she just has no issues, uh, you know, coming to me again and again and again and again, and a nibble here and a bite here, and, you know, I, I, I know that the big bite is coming. But hold on, but hold on, hold on. To, Why wouldn't she come to you? Because you give it to her every time. Right, I know. And so at this point, I don't even blame you're, her You're anymore. a dependable enabler. Yeah, I don't even blame her anymore. I am, I am. And, you know, it's, it's the, the nibbles I don't mind, and I know that this is about the bad thing to say, but that's what got her to the bite. And, you know, next thing I know, she's telling me that she rents, she rents her house because she's been bankrupt, et cetera, so she can't get a mortgage, and she can't, frankly, afford a mortgage down here anymore. Um, so she came to me because she needed money for movers. She needed money for her security deposit her first month last month, which I did all of that. Uh, and then I sort of dug into her finances and realized that you can't even afford this rent. So I tried to get ahead of that, and fortunately, I'm doing very well for myself and my family, but I'm doing well for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And I've got two young children and a wife and a mortgage and a business to run. Um, so I, I just so, I, I tried uh, to get hey, ahead Peter, of it. Peter, how long, how long has this been going on? Oh, I mean, her financially responsible. No, you giving her money. On. You giving her money. How long has that been going on? Uh, probably five, six, seven years. How old is she? About 73. Oh, wow. And she's stone broke. Yeah, and recently widowed, which only, you know, made me softer. My, my, my stepfather passed two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So obviously that I was trying to and, help And And what her. do you make? Uh, family household income is probably three quarters of a million. Okay. And, um, so it's not a matter of you can't or can, you can mathematically. Yeah. It's a matter of what's good for her. She's 73. She's probably not very employable. Um, I guess she has social security. She does have a job. I'm sorry. She does have a full-time job. She does have a full-time job. Okay. I retract that statement. What does she do? Uh, she's a uh, customer service, and she has been for about 20 years at the same job. But, you know, she's one fall away from uh, yeah. not being able to work anymore. Yeah. Okay. So 
I'll tell you the financial answer, and I'll let John tell you the psychological answer, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial answer, if I'm in your shoes, is I'm going to sit down with you and say, Mom, you have this coming in from your Social Security. You have this coming in from your job, and these are your bills. Let's do a, let's do a budget together, and um, you can make your bills, or you're within $400 of making your bills or whatever it is, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I am not going to write checks just from today on without us having a sense of control over what's going on here. So I'll help you and coach you with your money, but um, it looks to me like you have enough to live on. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you and coach you live on that. Or if you don't have enough to live on, I'm going to give you $2,000 a month so that you have enough to live on. It's 24000 out of 750000 You can afford it. But you say, this is what we're doing. But then the, she needs to um, just, it, it, it's, you're becoming bitter, and I would too, yes. because you feel like an ATM machine. Exactly. And, and, and then there's an entitlement that goes with this on her end. And so I would shut all of that down and just say, okay, this is a system, and we're going to live by this system and uh, draw some boundaries. And, Mom, if you don't want to do that, what I'm, if you don't want to live on the budget that you and I put together and that I check on you to make sure you're living on that budget, then, um, then I'm not going to help you anymore. And you're going to have to f- just figure it out because it's not good for you what I've been doing, and I'm sorry I've let you down. John, what would you do? Yeah, I wonder if you're more frustrated with yourself than with her right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just <clears throat> every time I try to get ahead of it, you know, for example, when, when she was looking at this rent, um, I said, you know what, I'm just going to buy her an apartment and then she can just pay me, you know, what she can afford. I, I was going to buy her an apartment outright. And I was scrambling because she was looking for a rental that she couldn't afford. None of these places could she afford because we kind of not a deep dive, but we looked at her finances. And then I realized, okay, it's, this is just easier for me to buy an apartment. At least then I can consider it a quote-unquote investment of some sort. Um, and I presented her with it, and she said, no, I don't want to live there. I'm just going to rent this other place. And that's hold on. And that's where you, who are clearly a special businessman to be able to make the money you make, you're clearly very, very smart. And I would be willing to bet nobody in your, in your sphere – blows past you like that, but she does. Right. And I don't want you to consider um, sitting down at the table and saying, I'm looking at the fact that you may be around until you're 93, 20 more years. Mm -hmm. We have to put some things in concrete right now. I want you to tattoo this phrase on the middle of your forehead. Choose guilt over resentment every time. Because right now you're backing yourself into a corner because you won't set boundaries and you're beginning every time your mom calls, you get angry. Yes. And your mom, quite frankly, deserves better than that. And that means you have to set the boundaries up. And then she is a 73-year-old adult can say, I hate you. You don't even love me. And you walk away. She's a grown-up and she gets to do that. I would hate that, but she gets to do that. Your job is to create boundaries that are sustainable for 20 years from this point forward. And by the way, sit with your wife and y'all decide what y'all are going to do to help her. Um, before you sit down with your with your mom. Yeah, how much you're willing to do. But the unlimited thread being pulled on the sweater is killing both of you. Yeah. 
you got to cut it. Just general observation over 30 years of doing this on the air and working with people. Um, one of the, I'll just make it up, top five pain points that people have with money is um, how to properly be compassionate, kind, loving to uh, extended family, grown children that have problems. How do we, you know, children that are out of the house or that should be out of the house, uh, parents, brother, sister, uh, extended family, uh, that, that we see that they have a need or they bring us a need, either one, and then how to appropriately deal with that. The whole issue of boundaries, Dr. Henry Cloud sold 10 million boundaries books off of that concept. But the whole, our, our buddy Henry, but the, uh, uh, the, the, that whole issue is, you know, mathematically it probably causes almost as much disruption in someone's wealth-building journey as anything else. Mm. Keeps you from becoming wealthy. And is it the lack of, when I don't fully understand what my values are around money, when I fully don't understand my own footing, is that where the, is that where the challenges come from? I, I, they I don't know. Don't want, I, I, they don't want I, the family members to be mad at In my mind, it's reduced simply to we don't know how to establish proper boundaries. Mm. And a, a boundary can be that I agree to help somebody. A boundary can be I agree to I, I decided I'm going to say no. But we don't have that that part of our compass is as it's as toxic as some families are. But it's like that last caller gets mad that somebody keeps coming in his space, but he's never done the work to define his space. Exactly. And exactly. so you have to do the hard work and say, "This is for me and my house. This is what we make. This is what we have. This is what we can do." And then ask, "Would we do that, and why?" And those are questions that people don't like to ask. Well, but I mean, when when you're uh, there's, there's a book called uh, Glass Castle mm. uh, that is a, a, a lady that was a MSNBC reporter, um, very well known. And she was raised in an extremely weird, toxic, dysfunctional family. Both of her parents, as she's an adult, were living on the street in New York while she was working at MSNBC. Wow. They were homeless. Wow. They chose. Mm. They, but they were kooky. Mm. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a great read yeah. just because it's like, oh, just in case you thought your family was crazy, you know, thing. But the, uh, uh, but yeah, but the, uh, you know, she felt helpless to fix them, mm. but they chose homelessness in that case. Um, you can't make these adults behave. The only thing you can control is your space. And that's so hard for people. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. But like that last caller, there has, there, there I guess let's let's say it this way: there will be a confrontation. Yep, that will happen, and the earlier you can have it, the 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 lower it tends to be. And so, in that last situation where he's thinking, "I'm just going to buy her an apartment. I found one that I can afford. I'll write a check for it and call it good." And she said, "I'm not living there." That's when the conversation happens. Then I'm not putting a penny towards the choices you're choosing to make. Yeah, you can you can figure it out. I'm not doing that. This is open invitation for you right here. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard conversation. But she has no motivation to even not live where she wants to because she knows he's just going to give me the money. Yeah. And um, it, it's the same way with kids, the same way with neighbors, the same way with family members. But there's a, uh, 
Cloud talks about, and I guess it was the first chapter maybe even of that book, um, that when you set a boundary with someone who doesn't respect boundaries, 100% of the time you can expect a negative reaction. Always. Pouting, guilt-tripping, anger. None of them go, oh, well, I never thought of it that way. I'm so sorry. And think of it like you built a fence and your neighbor's throwing rocks at it, hitting it with sticks. Everyone's going to use the tools that they have to try to get you to open the gate up. And don't. Yeah. And that's hard. This is the boundary. But, man, it is really... It's hard. It causes more heartache uh, and literally then does end up driving a wedge between a husband and wife because one of them's helping the other one's... uh, I'm I'm choosing my, uh, my crazy brother who won't get a job over my wife's wishes, you know, and that drives a wedge in their marriage, and it just, it slows down wealth building. And it's not to say you can't help extended family or you shouldn't help, but this idea that we're morally obligated to meet their every wish just because they hit the DNA lottery and happen to be kin to us. I think it's the, I think it's something else. Okay. I actually think... Um... If you, if you flip this conversation on its head, we use our family members to help us feel better about ourselves. I don't want to be uncomfortable that my mom is in position X or Y, so I'm just going to do whatever. Mm. And when you do that, you're actually consuming her. You're using her to make you feel better. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit in the discomfort so that we're all better 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, it's like going to the gym and taking all the weights off the bar. That, that sure makes the workout easier, but ain't nobody getting any stronger. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to use my 14-year-old mm-hmm. and her approval to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the hard conversation so you can't talk like that in this home. And it's really, when you say choose guilt over resentment, it's also you could be choosing their anger over resentment. Yeah, of course. You could be choosing their disapproval over resentment. They're ugly, you could be choosing whatever... Whatever way they choose to hit back mm-hmm. when you draw a boundary um, over resentment. Right. Because you're going to be resentful if you remain in the enabler seat. Right. And your spouse is going to be 10x as resentful as you are if you remain in the enabler seat. And in a less caustic situation, let's say my mom calls and says, or sends an email and says, we want y'all to come to Christmas. A whole family's coming. We're really expecting y'all to be there. And we can't travel this year. Or we're, our family's exhausted. We don't have the money, whatever. I can say yes. And the whole time I'm driving there, I'm going to be mad at her. The whole time I'm sitting at the meal, I'm going to be mad. It's not fair to her. It's fair to her to say, we're not coming. We're unable to make that trip this year. We're not going to be able to do it. And then she gets to be an adult and do whatever reactions on the back end of that she wants to do. But the fair thing is, I'm not going to spend a weekend not liking my mom. Mm-hmm. I'd rather feel guilt. I'd rather listen to her responses than to sit there and smolder the whole weekend. And by the way, your kids learn how to treat in-laws when you do that or your mother when you do that. You're modeling to everybody how to live. I'm just not going to do that anymore. No. I'm going to set the boundaries. And they're going to be hard, and I have to be in a position to let other adults walk away if they don't approve or like my boundaries on something. You know, I think Sharon and I went to the extreme other end on that. We may have messed up the other way. What's that? Um, we don't put any expectations on our kids <laughs> for the holidays, and and, uh, and we have fallen in love with our in-laws. So Winston's mom and dad—I mean, Winston's going on a, dad's going on a hunting trip with me in two weeks. Yeah, you know, 
without Winston yeah. and without my son, you know, and because Buddy and I like each other, you know. And so Buddy and Helen and Dave and Sharon do stuff. Same, same with uh, Bill's parents, same with Allison's parents. So the in-laws, we're actually friends with them, and we made that an intentional act. That's cool. But they're also cool people. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we'll travel together. I mean, Buddy's gone, you know, we've gone to Mexico together, done other stuff, and so that's cool. That uh, We've gone on golfing trips with all of us, all the guys, all three, all three grandpas. That's you know? pretty cool. That's yeah. fun. So, uh, you know, we'll do that kind of stuff, but we intend it. And then when Thanksgiving comes up and the kids go, Oh, we're going to Kansas City to Allison's parents. Go ahead. Yeah. You should. Knock it out. Should. And um, then we'll just figure it out. We see you all the time, by the way. They're all here. They're, here, they're so, all here in Nashville. Know. So, yeah. So, we got, we got it made in that regard. But it doesn't, it's not like we're perfect or something, but we just went to the extreme of full release. Yeah. And, 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 and the happiness, the, the secret to happiness is low expectations. Hello. <laughs> but there's a strange phenomenon, Dave, that when you fully release it, it tends to come back. It tends to come back. But it works out. It does. It works out because, again, it, it's just if you don't have these expectations, you don't stay screwed up and torqued out all the time. That's right. And that's the same true of somebody else's money. And then people want to be around you when you're not torqued out all the time. It just tends to work that way. Yeah. And, again, that's a type of boundary situation. So that's, it's a very interesting discussion. It's something I've observed here for 30 years. So setting boundaries with the extended family on money. No matter what you want to do with your money, it starts with a budget. Stop overspending, save more, and create the life you really want with every dollar. Download in the App Store or go to everydollar.com to start for free.